so the game starts out with you playing the role of Detective Paul Becker. He's called to Louisiana's worst uh, crime scene in its history, where there's been a mass murder of m just people dead everywhere. This crazy cult uh, fight where you're brought in and there's bodies everywhere and there's only two suspects that remain alive. One who's in a complete uh, three-piece suit, looks like he's right off of Wall Street. Clean cut, no blood on him, anything. Just, you know, perfectly kept. But he doesn't remember who he is. Another person, uh, completely the opposite. In biker colors, got scarification. Um, he looks, he, he's unshaven, unclean. He also doesn't remember who he is. But the only thing they have in common is they both want to kill each other. So that's, that's how the story starts. So you want to find out what's going on. So you start interrogating these two suspects. And when you start interrogating, they start telling you these weird stories. Instead of answering the questions, they start telling you these weird stories over 2,500 years of Earth's history. And one of the first stories they start telling you about is a story about Elizabeth Bathory. Elizabeth Bathory, I don't know if you know who she is. She is one of the most famous female serial killers. Um, she's, she's suspected of killing over 400 women to bathe in their blood to maintain et eternal youth. And that's the woman in red there, that was Bathory. That's where our story starts. That's the sort of first episode. And you play her lover, Clara, who's her handmaiden. And you're being um, coerced by the police to try to find a nobleman's missing daughter who you have to assume is dead because there's a lot of dead women around. You're Clara's lover. And at the same time, you're being forced to betray her. And so that's how our story starts. That's our first episode. And the whole thing with Shadow of the Eternals and where we want to really take this game is do things that are very different than what's been done before. And not from a standpoint of um, brand new mechanics or trying to reinvent the wheel for, for game systems, but really from a position of content where we looked around the show yesterday and we're really happy to see some great games out there. But at the same time, we saw nothing like Shadow of the Eternals, a game where it's very story-based, you play multiple characters, and it's, it's a balance between exploration, magic system, and horror, which really we haven't seen since Eternal Darkness that was made almost longer than 10 years ago now. So that's sort of where we are taking Shadow Eternals, that's why we think it should be made. How, how does it feel to say that that was more than a decade ago? It's unbelievable, actually, because it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. You know, we were playing it just the other day, and we've done a few uh, Twitch Twitch, uh, what are they called? Streams. Uh, streams. And uh, we were playing Eternal Darkness with a bunch of guys, and I was just looking at it going, well, I can't believe that we, we did that. It was, uh, you know, we started working on it almost 12 or 13 years ago, and um, people talk about now the Red Wedding and stuff from Game of Thrones. Uh, we killed almost every single character in the first Eternal Darkness, and uh, we're, we're going to do something similar uh, in this game, but it, it's it's... I feel that it was, it, it, the game is remembered because it did so many things differently, and that's kind of the spirit that we want to continue in. So um, it's, it's really crazy to think about it, though, and it's, it's hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun, that's for sure. Um, so why don't, why don't we back up and, like, obviously you guys tried to use a different sort of funding model, put that on pause. You guys are bringing it back, you know, yep. possibly in a couple weeks. Kind of get us caught up on, on where that is and where your guys' head's at in terms of, why that did or didn't work, and then how you're approaching that a couple weeks from now. Right. Um, do you want to answer that one? Yeah. So due to the, like, the, the overwhelming support that we've got from our community, uh, which we should probably go into, um, 
I, I don't know if you guys have, have, have seen our forums lately, but, but the, the thing uh, that Precursor is built on, it's built on community involvement. So we've all come from like traditional development backgrounds and things like that. But the some, something that uh, we, why we're doing this at Precursor is to close that gap and really uh, connect with our community. So in doing so, we've gained a lot of support from, from all different like walks of life, essentially. And from there, uh, there were some opportunities that have uh, arisen. So the, we, we talked to our community and, and, and uh, kind of kind of let them know where we are at and then so because those opportunities have come up the only way to uh, successfully integrate these things is to temporarily um, uh, suspend if you will or temporarily take down our, our crowdfunding uh, site and then and then start to integrate these things there there's a lot of variables right now um, but within we'll be back for sure uh, we just refunded everyone's money that yeah, you see from uh, from all, all, all of our PayPal avenues. And um, yeah, we'll be back really soon. And, and once we have those details ready to come out, yeah, we'll, we'll share them with everyone, so. Is there, is there any concern that like having done it and then going back to it again, that uh, slightly loss of momentum, there's like a little bit of the novelty of like, hey, we've announced a new game has, has worn off a little bit. Like, are it, what, are, what are your plans to try and address that when you, when you guys re-announce? Actually, I have a caveat. You can jump in, Dennis. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> but I, actually, uh, we we got a lot of uh, uh, feedback from that avenue. Um, but when we um, when we took down our, our crowdfunding site, we, we were a little bit worried uh, about like people, you know, expressing their opinions and, and their and their feelings, maybe maybe losing some people. But in, in fact, the opposite happened. Um, our our forums are like, oh, something exciting is happening. It's like it, it, they actually like lit on fire and and we actually gained more pledges out of it uh, so it, it kind of boggled our minds a little bit but that just goes to show like how much our community wants this thing to be made and it's because we're working with them and and actually giving them a voice in this game this is a vehicle to actually have people that that all have always wanted to be a part of video games this is this is their 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 like megaphone right and and we feel that working with them is making us a better company and taking us in directions that, quite frankly, we don't know where where this thing is, where this community will take us. All we know is that it's going to be a wicked ride and and it's going to be great. Yeah, I think um, to add to what Sean is saying, um, when we first started the campaign, we didn't have a community. And now we actually have a strong one. And if you look at many other successful crowdfunding uh, groups that had a community before they started, particularly Chris Roberts, like he had a newsletter going around for about a year. Um, and we tried to model a lot of our things when we originally started off with some of these uh, other groups. And, and, and you know, we, we made a few missteps and um, from that perspective. And certainly, um, I think segmenting into PayPal and, and into Kickstarter at the same time, our launching within a couple, within a week, was it a week? We did that, I think so. Uh, yeah. um, it, it really threw off our projections because we had raised, I, I, it wasn't clear to people, to just look at the Kickstarter number and say, oh, they're 125, but we're actually at 300,000. Um, and so making sure we streamline that, have a more consistent message. When we launched, we had a bunch of messages, new company, what's going on here. So we want to really get all that behind us so people can look at the game and say, this is the game we're doing. Pay attention to this because this is what we're asking people to fund. And I think, I think that's really, my opinion, uh, time will tell, but I think that's gonna be better for us in, in the end, so.
That's right. They, if you want, if you want our opinions on whether things can be better or worse, I think it's going to be better. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you you put out a pretty lengthy video addressing some of the concerns that I think sound like generated a lot of the controversy or I guess conversation around it, given that people hadn't heard from you a long time. Sure. There had been an article out there about what may or may not happen in Silicon Knights, and then the first time you come back is, uh, you know, you're looking to, to crowdfund a project. So, what lessons are from that? Uh, given when you go forward in terms of maybe addressing those concerns, or are you? Is the hope is we've addressed that when we come back, you know, we're moving on to the next step. Right. Well, that's the whole idea is to answer as many questions as we can to get by that noise. Quite frankly, we learned a bunch of lessons. One, we're not good at PR. Okay, if you want PR, don't come to me. So we got some help. All right, um, and so that's it's kind of comical, but unfortunately true. Um, we're I think we're good at making video games and. Um, we were not prepared for the uh, response that we got when we launched. Um, and so now we, we really looked at it and said, okay, we need to get all this out of the way because it's all nonsense, it's all noise, and what do we have to do to address these things so people can see that all we want to do is make games. We just want to make games. And um, I, I think we're slowly getting there step by step. And so um, by being transparent, answering any question that people ask us, is really been, I think, really fundamental in us moving forward. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really strange thing because I guess with my past in particular, you know, I've said a lot of provocative things. I've learned a lot. You're, I think you guys will find that um, I am a very, very different person than I was four or five years ago. And I even look back, uh, looking at the NeoGAF documentary, I heard my tone on the One Up Yours, or whatever, I think it was One Up Yours. Yeah. And, and, and I, I look back at that and go, I understand my message, but my tone and the way I presented it was not constructive. And um, I think, um, and you know, if, if you, I don't know if you guys, uh, the recent podcast we were on, The Weekend Confirmed, I was on there uh, with, uh, with Paul, I think I was on yeah. with. And, Really, um, messaging um, the way I did, I don't think was helpful for the industry. I don't think it was helpful for me, nor our games. I think it hurt us. And you're going to find with me now, I'm going to really concentrate on the creative while these guys are on the business. And this is not a reactive thing. This is something we decided when, when uh, you guys asked me to join the company a year ago. I was like, I just want to do creative stuff. I don't want to run this company. I don't want anything to do with that. And uh, I, I, I can't explain. I've never been happier. And so, yeah, we got a lot of noise when we launched and we're learning, you know, this is the first time we've done something like this. It's complicated, um, but we believe in what we're doing and hopefully people will believe in it too. I think, I think it's, you know, one of the things that you were really uh, pushing around that time was the idea of having a, the, the real tension between showing a game ahead of release before it's finished. Um, and then now you're showing a game uh, when you're trying to crowdfund it. Like what, how, did, how does 2013 Dennis Dyack reconcile his feelings from like 2006? Um, I would reconcile those with, I have learned a lot of lessons, hard lessons, and uh, my opinions have changed pretty substantially from where I was. And, you know, back then, you know, uh, when I, I, I did a podcast with, uh, Sean, you and I did that one, uh, Gamers with Jobs. Yeah, yeah. When we did That's the a really good one. Yeah, I, I love those guys, first of all. They're, I think they're fantastic. And, you know, Sean was like, Dennis used to talk about these monolithic huge companies that you wanted you know, you wanted to build one yourself. And he goes, are you a reflection of the industry? You feel that way now? And I was like, wow, I feel completely the opposite now. And we are a reflection. I guess, I guess learning and changing your opinion can be very, it can be very hard. But at the same time, 
Um, I look at all the things that I've said and done and all the mistakes that I've certainly made, and I hope that I will come out stronger from the perspective of, yeah, I was wrong on that, I was wrong on that, I was wrong on that, and I look at us now and I know that I'm happier and I know that, um, I feel, anyway, I feel that, I guess I know if I'm happy, I'm happy. <laughs> and um, I just don't want to say. I hope at least you know, I, you know. I just don't want to state too many things that are absolute because that's what I used to do before. And I think, I think moving you're, forward. You were very much draw a line in the sand kind of guy back I, I, then. I was, and rather than draw a line in the sand and present things confrontationally, I'll still talk about them and give my opinions, but I want to more or less float them out there for people to take or leave because when I talked about things like, you know, the one console futures or the cloud computing stuff seven or eight years ago, um, people really didn't like, I don't know if they didn't like the message, but they did, certainly didn't like me the way I presented it. And I think that hurt our games and I think that hurt the perception. And so what I, what I take, take from that now is the intention was good, but you know, the path to hell is paid with good intention. So um, I think moving forward, um, you'll see me concentrating a lot more on the creative and letting these guys talk about the business stuff because it really is all them. Um, and hopefully people will see that for what it is and, and it'll fund this project. You have anything you wanted to ask? Have you guys, like, like, before you went into the crowdfunding model, did you ever even bandy about the idea of trying to pitch this to, like, major publishers, like, try and go the more traditional route? Or was this always, like, we want to try and make this more of a, you know, community, you know, crowdfunded-based kind of thing? Yes. Well, we definitely considered it. And when Paul came to me, his, his, uh, his pitch to me was, like, what do you think about creating a company that is built to directly interact with its fans? And then that I, I never really thought about that stuff before because he he's a avid gamer himself, and that, that's just something that you don't really see out there. And so immediately I, I'm like, yes, I, I love that idea. Um, so that's exactly what Precursor is built on. It's built on communicating with its fans, and and the only way we can do this is through um, crowdfunding and also uh, like community-driven content. Uh, that, that's one of the really important things, like uh, the community can actually create content for our games. Now, now this doesn't mean that they're building assets and things like that, but it's like if they want to write uh, short stories, um, contribute to like, uh, like paintings or, or like, like really uh, sanity events, things like that, like actually contribute. And then the final one is actually uh, like the episodic delivery. Now with the with the traditional model, like you, you go into development for two, three, five years, right? And you're really swinging for the fences. It's like you're taking all of like this market research and, and putting it into a product that you're hoping will sell millions of copies. And so from that approach, it's, it's like you're really not taking that iterative process and you're, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. So with the episodic delivery, we're able to communicate with our, with our community and, and get that reciprocating feedback. So with, with Shadow of the Eternals, yes, we're saying that it's, a, it's an episodic game, but with each episode, it's a contained experience. It's its own game, essentially. You're, you're playing a specific character, they have the specific set of skills, they have their own storyline, and then it's, you, you get fulfillment out of that one experience. Now, when you go into the next episode, like, we, we start to reciprocate and, and learn of, of all the stuff that, that we've taken from that process and, and pour it into the next one. 
and then so it it has its own contained story but but with it with all of the episodes it's it's following like the story arc so and, and that doesn't even limit it to seasons even like multiple seasons can still tie in with one another but but it's it's all about the community so to answer your question um going a traditional route would uh disrupt the very uh, pillars that Precursor is built on, and that's its community, and that's where we live. So the, the, the last game was like largely uh, Lovecraftian in nature, a lot, a lot of influence there. Is that, is that the case here, or are you drawing from somewhere else this time around? No, no, it's definitely Lovecraft. So a couple things that Sean said, just to add to what he said, 100% Lovecraftian. I'm, we're huge. I'm a huge Lovecraft fan myself, so is Ken. We've been working together on t for 20 years now, made the story for Legacy of Cain, uh, Eternal Darkness, Too Human, uh, you name it. Most of most of the stuff Ken and I have crafted together, massive Lovecraft fans. And we're also, even things like the TV series that we watch together, like Babylon 5 is, in my opinion, very Lovecraftian, ancient races, and, and very uh, episodically driven, actually. It's one of the, it's one of the uh, inspirations for Eternal Darkness. But come to our community, and the way I say this is, what, what, when we first started doing this, when we worked on uh, Legacy of Cain, Ken and I sat back and we looked at it and we said, what can we do differently here? So with Legacy of Cain, it was on the PS1, there was this thing called the CD-ROM, and we said, let's do an RPG in North America, but back then, I don't know if you guys are, are aware, but most RPGs were done only in Japan on the consoles. And then we said, let's do an RPG with an anti-hero where your vampire ever wants to kill you, you're the only one that can save the world, and we're going to have no text in it. So it was all voiceover. So, you know, that's when we were hooked up with Simon Templeton and all those guys. And that was really, really neat. And back then, having even voice actors do the voice talent was unusual because most people just did it within the studio. And that's since changed now, which I'm glad to see. And then we, from there, we went on to Eternal Darkness where we created a game where lots of characters died like Game of Thrones and we had lots of red weddings. Um, and... Um, you played, you know, a bunch of characters over 2,000 years of history. We did some camera system stuff in a in a in a horror game that wasn't a survival horror. So we wanted, we thought that Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, one of my favorite games, very inspirational. Um, but we thought that those guys, Capcom, was doing that well enough. We didn't need another game in that genre. So we tried to do something different. Then we went on to Metal Gear, learned about cinemas through Kojima-san, great, great stuff. And with this, the evolution here is working with the community is something I have never, I, we, we talked about it, but we had no idea how good it was gonna be. So as an example, um, we have, within the first week and a half, that's the last time I counted, we have over 200 sanity event suggestions. And all of Eternal Darkness came up with 60 and 90, and it was hard, it was hard to do those. And by time this project is done, we'll probably have thousands. And uh, short stories, We've opened up the Elder Gods, our, our mythology here, all these are Elder Gods. We've opened it up to the community and say, what kind of Elder Gods would you like to see? And it hasn't been one or two people suggesting things. We have 40 or 50 suggestions now. It's crazy and it's really, really exciting. And the collaboration this time with Shadow of the Eternals and Precursor is gonna be with the community. And we hear about all this technology at this E3, like the PS4, the X1, you know, the Wii U, and uh, Oculus Rift and all that stuff is all awesome, all right? But our difference is gonna be working with the community with digital distribution and crowdfunding to try to use all the wetware that's out there now and try to collaborate on something that we think hasn't really been done before. So as an example, again, um, just by participating in the forums 
and not even suggesting ideas and you don't have to create a short story or something. You can just say, I like this or I don't like this. If you do enough of that, you get your name in the credits because you're part of the community. And doing something like that, it's, it goes beyond having, I think, a regular committed community. Our guys are true, and gals, are true believers in what we're doing. And they're, quite frankly, one of the reasons that we're here right now. We had many suggestions for our community to come to E3, and a lot of kickstarting groups don't come to E3 at all. You're, it's rarely seen, but they were like, no, you gotta come, you gotta get out there, you gotta talk to the press, you got, they were first and foremost with a lot of the stuff that I talked about with the noise surrounding me, get out there and talk to people, because if they interact, the way that you're acti interacting with us, if you show people what we're, we're really all about, it, the truth will come out and you know we believe in this game and we want to make this game and we will do everything we can to get it funded so um, yeah so that was a long answer but uh, <laughs> alright no, yeah. well thanks so much for your time oh thanks so much so let's keep in touch and if, if you yeah. guys